0: Good morning lobsters Good morning
1: Just an actor in a lifelong role I never chose Flower from the concrete that never rose Colossal fish in tiny pond that no one knows Conflicted with a broken heart that hurts the most While I was trying to change my dose In the corner of your eye trying to engage your ghost I never came as close They say you're never famous till you're older while well, I was trying to change my dose, in the corner of your eye trying to engage your ghost, I swear I never came as close, they say you're never famous till you're old.
0: gentlemen, it's four minutes past ten, pardon me already, it's the 21st of January 2018, oh god, it's not, is it, it's 2019, already, I'm losing my mind, it's only bloody ten o'clock Monday morning, you'd think I'd have my shit, oh god, I can't be messing up already, come on guys, we've got a whole week left. I've already forgotten my decent headphones. I've got to wear these bloody Tascam monstrosities. They're like twenty quid. They're normally just reserved for Jim because ah, um, oh, he don't care. He's a good boy. He don't mind really, and he's easy going. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm a headphone snob. Not him. He's they, he's too big. He's too strong. He doesn't care. Snips has been out at the weekend. Uh, apparently, referring to me as his smash piece, uh, which is fine, I guess. But I feel like. That gives a rather low-resolution and unnuanced view of our relationship. Uh, so thanks for that, Snips. Lobsters. Lobsters. Yeah, this is all arranged wrong. Come on. Hold on. Ah! God, dear me. You know what it's like. On Friday afternoon, you just sort of throw everything up in the air and go, fuck it, it's Friday, I don't care anymore. And then Monday morning, you've got to pick that shit all back up again, haven't you? Try and crack on with your life. Oh, Lord alive. <sighs> no, it's fine anyway look i'm right my old browser full of nonsense here i you know on friday it was a little bit concerning that there wasn't much bollocks in the news but luckily the humans and lobsters of planet earth have really been have really been on one this weekend and there is all manner of gubbins uh, also got a bloody good lot of flip-flop flinging funk in here. Uh, Cyborg VIP by Scientific, uh, New London Electricity, New Clax, New Rido, New Missing, New Dub Elements. Oh, take that, you slam piece. It's, um, it's going to be a good show, in my humble opinion. And uh, as you all know, my word is gospel. So without further ado, let's get into the shit okay londoners are sniffing so much cocaine that eels in the thames are acting funny rob war of the metro reports um yeah londoners they do like do like gear that is one thing that you can be that can be said for londoners i mean you can say they spend too much time and money on public transport uh they wear top hats uh, they wander about on these gold paved streets seeking their fortune. They all came to London. No one, no one started in London. They came to London to seek their fortune with a sort of little um, handkerchief, you know, handkerchief attached to the back of a stick, and they trudge in to seek the fortune. And then, you know, as you know, in London the streets are paved with gold. And anyone it can, you know, the opportunity is there for anyone who wants to, you know, work hard and make something of themselves to earn enough money to buy a top hat and an attaché case and go and work in one of the many banking establishments, you know, seek your fortune. And then naturally comes the cocaine, the low quality nose bag that permeates every walk of the Londoner's life uh, from their morning breakfast cereal to their liquid lunch to their vegan sausage roll dinner all (laughs) sprinkled liberally with low quality albanian cocaine and so they've been doing so much of it that apparently it's fucking with eels Uh, londoners are racking up so many lines that eels in the thames are now hyperactive with the drugs effect making their migration more erratic rob of the metro reports i spoke to my mate uh, who used to work at the Metro yesterday about it all. And apparently the Metro journalists, uh, all the low-end ones, I don't know about Richard Hartley-Parkinson, Rob Waugh and that, The sort of older, the old guard. Uh, I, but I'm, I imagine like your, your Ellens, uh, your Jasper Hamels, all your sort of lower tier, you know, the sort of uh, the shit munchers, they, they all, they have to sit in a room with no windows and are required to write eight stories a day from just stuff they find on the internet. I don't know how many of these stories get published. Most of them, by the looks of it. But they're required eight stories a day, or you get chopped, basically. And, uh, yeah, my mate wrote the what was, for a while, their most shared article, which was about how you could buy glitter pills on Etsy that made your Todd's glittery. Anyway, I, I digress. Tests show high levels of Class A stimulant near the Houses of Parliament. Coincidence? Uh, we covered that before. Uh, tests by researchers found that downpours can overwhelm waste systems and lead to cocaine from drug users' urine entering the river. Eels migrate up the Thames every year, but cocaine affects their behaviour, making their migration more erratic. These eels need to get their shit together. Come on, mate. It's just a bit of gear. And researchers told the Sunday Times, as researchers told the Sunday Times, King's College London researchers said increases in caffeine, cocaine, benzo, benzolecogonine, never heard of that uh, were observed 24 hours after sewer overflow events previous research has shown that even low levels of the drug are enough to affect eels eels are fucking lightweights that's basically what I'm taking away from this article eels need to toughen up you man up eels uh, research has shown that even low levels of the drugs are enough to affect eels uh, it, and make eels so hyperactive they're at risk of serious injury oh god we've all seen like right we've all been to the raids here yeah? We've always seen, there's always an eel, a, 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 a couple of eels sometimes, a group of eels that have got in, and they're, <clears throat> they're, on the, they're on the gear, maybe they're on the, on the pingers, maybe they're on the, you know, the rat powder, whatever, the Chuck Norris. And yeah, they do act erratically, don't they? All around, slithering around the dance floor, electrocuting people, you know, all just general slippery eel bollocks, and you can't catch them, they're too slippery. They're a nightmare, they're a menace, they shouldn't be allowed in clubs. Anne Capaldo of the University of Naples Federico II in Italy studied endangered European eels and found that t- even tiny, tiny amounts, just half a lime, will affect, <laughs> will affect an eel. Researchers kept 150 eels in tanks, sounds like fun, with some low-level cocaine, just 20 nanograms per litre. Uh, Where do they get the cocaine from? Because, I mean, are they getting it from source? Are they getting it from the Albanians? Where are they getting the... Where are they... You know, because that's going to make a difference, isn't it? The eels in the tank with cocaine swam noticeably faster. And when dissecting them 50 days later, they showed damage to their skeletal muscles that they used for swimming. Yeah, okay. Um, Oh, world's oldest man dies at age 113. Uh, It's not bad innings. Uh, The researchers wrote their skeletal muscle showed evidence of serious injury, including muscle breakdown and swelling. Even low environmental concentrations of cocaine cause severe damage to the morphology and physiology of the skeletal muscle of the silver eel, confirming the harmful impact of cocaine in the environment that potentially affects the survival of this species. So, I don't know how much uh, you Londoners listening uh, give a fuck about eels. Maybe not much. Maybe loads. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe, if you gave as much of a fuck about these eels as you do these bloody sea turtles, you know, you could stop... For a start, stop using... I guess you've moved on to just biodegradable straws to snort your gear with now. Well, maybe you could give up the gear altogether and save these poor eels. They're just out there trying to be decent, honest, God-fearing eels in the Thames, just migrating and stuff, swimming around, you know, generally conducting their eely business. And these Londoners, you you know the Londoners, top hats, attache cases, doing gear, messing it all up for them, aren't they? Messing it all up. Anyway, look, Let's get into these shoe throwers. Oh, here's a nice one. Where are we? Hypnosis by my boy Constrict. This is a nice bit. It's a little bit old now, but it it, it bears repeating. I will say, as an on-the-spot review for these £20 Tascam headphones, they are absolute dog shit. Either that or my voice just sounds like a mouse in a cave farting for lols.
1: I just wanna know. I'm hypnotized by everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can be hypnotized.
0: Hey, maybe cockneys are the way they are because they eat so many Jelly Deals that, you know, they're getting a significant dose of the cocaine off it. Significant dose of the chop. You know, the bling. The karate powder. Oh. A hot bet. It's called hypnosis by Constrict. blue monday today the most depressing day of the year because to be honest i'm in quite a good mood gonna do this show with this lobster that coffee down there these memes you lobsters listening you fine bunch of humans you decent honest god-fearing folk out for a better way of life out for a better quality of monday tell you what i'm out for is a better quality of headphone Ooh. If anyone out there that makes headphones that aren't absolute dog shit and wants to sponsor me by sending me some, I'll wear them every day, man. Alright, alright. Hypnosis by constraint. Let's get into the important news of the day. Woman spotted walking awkwardly at airport, found with 24 gerbils in her pants. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that would make you... Um, Walk awkwardly. 60-year-old woman was stopped at customs checkpoint in the Taiwanese island of Kinmen after returning from a visit to China. Uh, A woman spotted walking awkwardly at the airport was found to have 24 gerbils strapped to her legs. The uh, the Taiwanese woman was stopped at customs. Yeah, yeah, all right, got all of that. Coast Guard officials conducting routine security and customs checked uh, and noticed that the woman was walking in an unusual manner. The passenger was pulled to one side and questioned, where officials discovered the shocking reason for her funny walk. She's strapped full of fucking gerbils. Individually wrapped in bags were... Jesus, man. Individually wrapped in bags were 24 gerbils strapped to the woman's legs, covered by a skirt. Uh, The woman reportedly told Customs that she was smuggling the animals for a friend who had purchased them from a pet store in China, according to local news station 97X. Uh, but authorities believe that she had been sent by a smuggling ring to test inspection procedures at the Taiwanese port. Wow, that is a weird way of doing it. Like, this is like a sort of um, an initiation or, or a test. Right, listen, you've got to get 24 gerbils, live gerbils. Don't care how you do it, you've just got to get 24 live gerbils to custom, through customs, yeah? And then you get uh, indoctrinated into the special smuggling club. Gary's smuggling club. Yeah, once you've done the gerbils and you get into Gary's Smuggling Club, then you're allowed to smuggle. Probably next up is those eggs, bird eggs. They're they're worth a pretty penny. That's a decent side hustle. Then after that you're probably onto low grade gear like Ganja. And then you gradually work your way up to Gary's. Uh, that's obviously how Gary started his smuggling club, initially just smuggling Gary's. And then probably I guess SCAG is probably top of the um, top of the hierarchy for, for smuggling. Uh, I would imagine so. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but authorities believe, yet yeah, she was sent by a smuggling ring to test inspection procedures at the Taiwanese port. The poor creatures were eventually euthanized by vets in Thailand. I thought they were in Taiwan. Yeah, that's a rough... This is, this is a rough deal for these gerbils. The 60-year-old was charged with violating the Infectious Animal Disease Prevention and Control Act. Sadly, the gerbils had to be euthanized by vets in Thailand. That's why... That's Yeah, I know. All right, yeah. Okay, thanks, uh, Mirror. Thanks, uh, Natalie Evans and Chris Murphy. It took fucking two of you to write this shit. That's a disgrace. It's appalling. Not good, is it? Uh, your penis is shrinking and there's nothing you can do about it, warn scientists. Communist detected. Uh, the shrinkage is part of the aging process and also affects the testicles, scientists have revealed. Ta-da. I always like the idea of scientists revealing something. Like, they've come on stage and they've got a big announcement to make. They've got like a velvet curtain and uh, then they go, oh, drum roll. ta They reveal it and it's just a big sign that says, your dick's shrinking. Oh, bollocks. Oh, what a revelation. Uh, Playboy model poses naked at the Vatican in latest controversial photo shoot. Sounds like fun. She's got a nice bum. Lovely stuff. Anyway, it's news that's bound to fill many with dread. Scientists have revealed that your penis shrinks over time and there's nothing you can do about it, particularly if you take eight Garys every weekend. Yeah. The shrinkage is part of the natural aging process and is also affected by ding-dings. Yeah. Speaking to fatherly Dr... Jamming Bramberhart, <laughs> Bramber yeah, Bramberhart. Okay, uh, a urologist based in Florida explained, we the penis can like lose like about a centimeter in length from uh, from your rock solid thirties to when you're retired in your sixties. Only a centimeter. I can, yeah. I guess, I, brrr, mm. yeah, but no more, please. I can't, can't. You know, I'm not, I'm not made of pain." With age, the penis loses both collagen and elasticity, just like any other part of the body. Okay, uh, these losses affect how blood flows through the penis, making erections smaller than they used to be. Damn, men's bodies also produce less testosterone with age. That's unless you get on the juice, making the testicles appear smaller. Thankfully, the penis isn't really shrinking; it just looks smaller. Oh, that's that's a schnide, really, isn't it? Like, if it actually did shrink, then it's just something you could like, look. It's a natural shrinkage so no it's like an optical illusion it's just you know it's capable of its original length it's just not bothering like cheers mate cheers buddy you're supposed to be on my team uh, thankfully the penis isn't really shrinking; it just looks mr david shusterman founder of ny urology compares this to a deflating balloon all right mate speaking to fatherly Who's this? What is fatherly? Uh, he said, over the years, the balloon can lose air. But the actual size and coating of the balloon itself does not change. So what, we need to inflate our penises? Is that what you're suggesting? Are you in- suggesting I have an actual balloon penis? What, is this a joke to you? Am I a clown? Ha ha. The same is with the penis. They get less full because the veins are not pumping as much blood in there. While losing a centimetre of length may sound scary, thankfully you're unlikely to notice. Phew. The Difference honestly is minute, well, minute, and many men do not even notice the difference. I'll notice I pay particular attention to that that region, you know, sometimes expect to inspect it from the bottom, sometimes from the side, sometimes with a hand mirror, sometimes with a magnifying glass. You just check it out, you know, you just gotta, you gotta know about yourself, haven't you? Right, let's play this new um, London electricity bit, it's called Funkopolis. It's on uh. 2019 SICK MUSIC compilation, maybe you heard of it? Someone noted in the comments earlier that the Android app is playing up. Not ideal. I'm looking for a developer that wants to get involved with making the 2.0 version of the app. Got some fun ideas for it. If you know anyone or you are that person that would be interested, get in touch. Will at Threshold.fm. Got me a line. Funkopolis by London Electricity. It's a nice bit. of follow up news the arsehole brits brit tourists at large causing trouble causing grief in new zealand are said to have be uh, there a deportation notice has has been issued apparently they'll be on their way back to sunny liverpool just in time for brexit But it's a video of the kid kicking off. He looks terrifying. He's only eight. He's got abs. <laughs> He's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that's Funkopolis by London Electricity. That's a nice bit of gear. I'll have that one. That's fine. Yep, put that one in the bag yeah i'll buy it buy it for my man for christmas anyway smoking cannabis just once is all it takes to alter teenage brains study warns the ganja not even once
1: uh yeah
0: don't don't try a weed ever i would recommend to any young people to never try a weed um or to inject cannabis or to uh, snort cannabis powder it's very bad for you. It turns you into a monster, uh, into a psychopathic uh, rapist terrorist. And um, it makes baby Jesus cry. It makes Wesley Snips weep uh, salty tears from his, his front tail. Uh, researchers in the University of Vermont have revealed that smoking cannabis just once is all it takes to alter teenage brains. Fucking teenagers need to get their shit together. Come on, you can't be out there having your brain altered just from one toke on the Maui Maui. <coughs> oh no, my brain done got altered. Uh, it's often described as one of the most harmless drugs, but with a, new, a new study suggests that cannabis may not be as safe as once thought. Oh dear. Uh, A new study by researchers from the University of Vermont have revealed that smoking cannabis just once is all it takes to alter a teenagers' brains. A team found that smoking the drug before age fourteen leads to greater grey matter volume in several key areas of the brain linked to memory and emotion. And worryingly, the effects of the changes remain unknown. Oh no, uh, no, 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 no. I think the reverb's probably better for that one. Just, let's go, let's go outside. Where are they? unknown anyway uh, about uh, about the age of 14 the adolescent brain undergoes a form of pruning which removes unwanted neural connections allowing the most important ones to be strengthened lead scientist professor hugh garavan from the university of vermont says consuming just one or two joints seems to change gray matter volumes in these young adolescents One possibility is that they've actually disrupted that pruning process and they now spend their time listening to Bob Bob Marley albums instead of doing their homework. It's a terrible thing to behold. Right, okay. Uh, The study is part of a long-term European project called Imogen, which has collected brain imaging data from 2,000 children and young adults. From the participants were 46 children from England, France, and Germany who have reported smoking the ganja once or twice. Okay, this is a small, very small sample size uh, with people self-reporting. Like, I think, look, if you ask any 14-year-old, like, hey, you smoked any ganja, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, just once or twice, though. Yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. Come on, you're just trying to sound cool. Compared with youngsters who have never smoked a joint, but they're liars. They're all liars. All kids are liars. You've got to, come on. You can't be trusting things that fourteen-year-olds say, particularly in regards to smoking drugs. I mean, if they have smoked it, they'll say they haven't. If they haven't smoked it, they'll say they have. This is a disgraceful. T- I am appalled. It's appalling. Compared with youngsters who have never smoked a joint or a doobie, they had more. Uh, they had more grain matter in brain regions rich in cannabinoid receptors, uh, places where the drugs chemicals bind to neurons. Some of the biggest differences were seen in the amygdala and the hippocampus, which play roles in emotional processing and memory. The team, whose findings are reported in the Journal of Neuroscience, ruled out the possibility that cannabis-using children already had the unusual brain structure before experimenting with the drugs. Um, The implication is that this is potentially a consequence of cannabis use, said Professor Garavan you're changing your brain with just one or two joints man be careful yeah have you ever tried dmt uh most people would likely assume that one or two joints would have no impact on your brain yes okay yeah all right well ca- the ganja not even once all right lobsters okay once well, what yeah so they're going to send these um send these liver back from from New Zealand where they've been causing no end of grief by the looks of things um what's uh, the videos on um, the Mirror website are absolutely terrible. I would not recommend them to a friend. I would recommend them even less than recommending Windows 10. Right, look, what are the tubes got? A uh, new clax It's quite nice. <laughs> SAS hero who fought terrorists in Kenya in line for the St. George's Cross after storming that hotel, killing some Al-Shabaab, saving the hostages. Hey, do you know who didn't storm the hotel? Male feminists. Just putting that out there. (laughs) I've not yet seen the headline, male feminists storm hotel and rescue hostages. There were a few local soft boys in the area having a Bob Dylan listening session and drinking soy lattes and they ran immediately towards the gunfire (laughs) This is called Questions by Clax Oh, clacks and eni. eni. Eni, eni, any, anyone you like.
1: Lobsters. Lobsters. <laughs>
0: another 30 seconds of this, I think, see if we can go all the way, really milking that ending there, Clax. <laughs> that's a great record, I like that, that's questions by Clax. it is on, uh, I'm going to make an assumption and say critical, although I don't actually know, So there you go. Man who broke into Queen's bedroom and peed on Corgi's food admits new detail about what happened. Wow. Michael Fagan, the bloke who broke into Buckingham Palace and let himself into the Queen's bedroom while she was asleep, has revealed a few more details about what happened on that fateful day. This was a long time ago, I think. Fagan, 68, uh, was an out-of-work painter whose partner had just left him at the time and said he was in in the midst of a breakdown when the incident happened. After losing his shoes on the roof, he found himself walking barefoot through the palace and the first room he stumbled across turned out to be the Queen's. Despite what initial reports claim, Fagan said that he didn't actually sit on the Queen's bed as she woke up and pulled the curtains around it. Pulled back the... Oh yeah, of course she's going to be in one of those big four-poster beds with all the curtains and the jazz, isn't it? In an interview with the Islington Gazette, he admits he was just as shocked as her, saying... I didn't know what I wanted to ask her, and when I got there, I was just shaking and so shocked. He's had um, what looks like a professional photo shoot done. (laughs) Uh, Peculiar man. She apparently sat up and sprang out of bed, telling Fagin that she would go and fetch someone. The bedroom was all right, Fagin said, you know, roughly speaking, quite nice. So it was quite plain, just the usual blankets and duvets. Uh, It was smaller than I thought it would be. Uh, The security... I uh, should have said I was found at the palace, not in the bedroom. It would have saved a lot of embarrassment. Um, was uh, Philip not in bed? This was a while ago. Uh, this was ten years ago. You would think... I mean, if he's sprightly enough to crash his motor and then just walk away ten years on, you would think that back in those days he'd had enough in him to get up and knock seven shades of shit out of Fagin for breaking into his missus' bedroom. You'd, you'd hope so. If you're married to the... Qu- if you're married to the Queen, you should have an obligation to protect the Sovereign. Yeah, you can't just. He probably didn't even wake up, the piece of shit. <sighs> anyway, um, he's a disgrace. It's appalling. Um, it was quite bloody, bloody, bloody. But he admitted there's one more detail that may have slightly embe- been embellished by the press, at the, uh, that may have slightly embellished for the press. At the, this isn't a proper sentence. Oh, he admitted there's one detail. That he ma- oh, right, okay, they may have slightly embellished, for the referring to the media frenzy that followed the incident, where tabloids uh, were after details like what the Queen, who was 56 at the time, had been wearing. Oh, this is a really long time ago. Uh, I tried to keep it sterile, said that she was wearing a Liberty Print nightie down to her knees, even though I didn't notice what it was. Fagan explained that a footman came in and found him before taking him to a stuffed drink taking him for a stuffed drink to take the edge. Oh, a stiff drink. Okay, nice one. Who write this fucking thing? Jess Hardyman, I expect better from you. Fagan explained a footman came and found him before taking him for a stiff drink to take the edge off before the police arrived. That is the sort of service you would expect from the palace, isn't it? That you've broken in there, you go got into the Queen's bedroom, and rather than just sort of bludgeoning you to death, as you might imagine would happen, they, they go, look, come on, buddy let me take you let me take you for a stiff drink and you stand there probably in the kitchen the queen's got the kettle on you know she poured a couple of whiskeys and like, listen buddy what's going on is everything all right at home um he said someone said you look like you need a drink that's the spirit come on that's what made this country great uh so they took me out of the room into the pantry and poured me a whiskey from the queen's cupboard see there you go it was famous grouse i was shocked uh, the intrusion wasn't the first time Fagan had managed to sneak into the palace either. He's a menace. Just two nights before, he'd broken into the palace without being caught, scanning the 14-foot perimeter wall, shimmying down a drainpipe and through an unlocked window. I sat on the thrones like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, he said. The palace prowler also revealed that he was caught short while looking for a bathroom and took a leak in a bin marked Corgi food. That's a bit of fun, isn't it? I was breaking my neck to go to the toilet, he told the Independent. What do I do? Pee on the carpet? So I had to pee in the corgi food. Uh, As well as urinating on the Queen's Corgi's dog food, Fagan also said he came across one of Prince Charles's bottles of wine. Uh, I was thirsty, so I drank it, and it tasted like nectar. I bet it did. I left undetected, and I couldn't believe that I had been in there. Michael did, however, also stress that he had a lot of respect for the Queen and the monarchy as they take money for the national purse. All right. right. Uh, I've never had any malicious intent, he says, and if the Queen and Philip should ever find themselves in a rocky position, I would more than, be more than happy to go out on a date with her, should she end up on Tinder or Hinge. All right, well, that is lovely stuff, isn't it? Right, how about this? Split by missing. It's pretty weird, but I like it. Right, just check the chat now. If Joe Waits has not posted some sort of kill the queen rhetoric, I'll be very, very surprised. Joe White says, uh, don't kill the queen but stop the monarchy from when she dies be be a sensible republic that is possibly the most reasonable thing you've ever said (laughs) I quite like the monarchy I just don't think we should give them any tax money I think they should have to run the monarchy like a business like they've got enough fucking assets like just make it more of a tourist attraction than it already is Cream a fucking bit. And actually, they should uh, they should have to pay a considerable amount of money back into the country for the privilege of just the sort of queen, r- the sort of royal status. They Basically, it would be, be like a franchise where they've just sort of got to pay for... A little bit like uh, Calvin Klein underwear. Apparently, Calvin Klein have never actually produced any of the underwear themselves. They just licensed the brand name to other underwear companies. Hot little bit of trivia for you there. And uh, basically, they have to license the right to call themselves the monarchy off off the state I guess off the government governments the government no off the people off the British people they have to pay pay the British people for the right to call themselves our monarchy I think that's fair isn't it they should pay every single one of us a pound a year that's not even that much is it that's like 70 million a year then you can call yourselves the, the monarchy and you can you know make it a tourist attraction and try and rake in a few quid off of i don't know japanese tourists or whatever who want to come around and take pictures there you go that's it that's the solution right there forget about brexit we're just going to tax the monarchy this is a great idea hey i'm a low tax guy but i think that would be a good idea come on tell me i'm wrong um uh, change my mind right what else have we got uh, hermit crabs dicks oh, that's a bit weird um come on i had a good one a second ago it's gone uh yeah here we go students offered bubble wrap to help calm their nerves Richard Hartley Parkinson, <laughs> Richard Hartley Parkinson of the Metro reports. Undergraduates are being offered bubble wrap to help de-stress before taking exams. Stress relief packs are being handed out at Bristol University uh, to re- uh, to relieve exam tension. The packets of bubble wrap come, from, come with instructions for immediate stress relief, pop three to four capsules every four to six hours as needed. But some students have apparently become more stressed by the bubble wrap therapy as its potential to cause plastic waste. They're not up for a laugh in the way they used to be, students, are they? Uh, Bristol University Students uh, were forced to... uh, Bristol University Student Union was forced to issue a reassuring statement via the uni newspaper. Uh, The bubble wrap was originally used to package furniture and was being recycled by being given students to pop. Obviously, it's then their responsibility to put it in the recycling and not just throw it in the landfill. Spokesman said, We are aware that a number of students have raised concerns about the environmental impact of the bubble wrap. Sustainability is important to us, which is why the bubble wrap is being offered, is being reused. It was originally for packaging furniture. Thank you, goodbye. Matthew Lewis, in the comments, he says, "Uh, I can see the problem here. They needed to paint it red and call it a tension sheet. Uh, John Brady chimes in with, drugs and alcohol not working anymore then. And Richard Champion simply responds, snowflakes. Oh, lovely stuff. Uh, Elon Musk offers to dig a big tunnel through a mountain like it's no big deal. My hate mate Jasper Hannell reports. Elon Musk has offered to dig a tunnel right through the middle of a mountain just for a laugh and at a bargain price. The billionaire was tweeted by Australian MP Jeremy Buckingham, who wants to cut congestion in Sydney. I'm a lawmaker. I'm a lawmaker in Sydney Town, you know, Sydney Town, Australia, uh, which is choking with traffic. We need to be fixing to make a big old tunnel, he wrote in a tweet which tagged Elon Musk as well as the Boring Company. How much to build a 50 kilometre tunnel through the Blue Mountains out here in Sydney Town, Australia, open up the west of our state. Uh, does he mean rest of our state or west? <laughs> or has he got a strange speech impediment? Open up the west of our state. Uh, Jeremy Back Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, he's made a sort of potential route by drawing a line on a map. That seems a reasonable thing to do. And it goes directly through a mountain. Musk immediately swung into action and replied about 15 million per kilometre for a two way high speed transit. So probably about 750 million plus a 50 million station. This offer seemed to please the politician, who replied, Thanks, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Called the offer a bargain, and promised to raise the matter with the New South, New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berry, uh I can't pronounce that, sorry. Uh, last year, Elon Musk unveiled the first complete test tunnel built by the Boring Company. A one mile tunnel segment in Hawthorne, California, right next to Musk's rocket company, SpaceX. Dug a hole. Just started digging a hole. You know... Quite a big hole, and he came along and said, What's with the hole, Elon? <laughs> well, it's you know, it's a hole, so uh, made the hole a bit bigger. And um, holes, holes are good, I like holes, and uh, they you can put things in holes, cars can can drive along them, and uh, they can drive quite fast. <laughs> uh, yep, not gonna probably not gonna do the sex tape, although it's a reasonable suggestion. Uh, Grimes. Not interested. (laughs) And um, I like holes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it was created as a proof of concept to show that cars can be transported underground in order to free up traffic congestion on the surface. Back in 2014, Musk called Los Angeles traffic soul-destroying and promised to build a boring machine and just start digging. Just started digging a hole, you know, just in the car park. Dug a big hole. Said, why are you digging a hole? You know, just... Doing some digging (laughs) According to the billionaire The total price tag for the finished segment Was around 10 million Uh, That including the cost of excavation Internal infrastructure Lighting Ventilation Bluetooth connectivity Safety returns Communications And a track Um, When fully operational The loop system will carry passengers And even cars On skates That can zip through the tunnels Powered by electricity Started digging a hole You know Cars can drive through the hole it's fine. Going to crash into Mars. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what time? Oh, yeah. Three minutes. All right. One more bit. One more bit. Just started digging a hole. Um, we know what's at the bottom of Belize's great blue hole, and it's depressing. Oh, fucking jazz. This is Jeff Parsons. This is this, this surprise prick that reported on the blood transfusion young person to old person situation, carrying it on like he's some sort of medical professional like he knows what he's talking about. And now he's throwing shade on this big blue hole. No need for it. Branson's gone down there for lol's. He's uh just <laughs> send Elon down there. He knows what's going on. Big blue hole. Yep, gonna go down in there. Just uh <laughs> send um send a little submarine down in there. Put pedo guy in it. In the submarine. Send him down there. <laughs> Just digging a hole. Uh, Belize's Blue Hole is an instantly recognizable wonder of the natural world. It's the world's largest sinkhole and it's located at the uh, Meso Mesoamerica Reef, the second largest barrier reef network in the world after Australia's Great Barrier Reef. Richard Branson recently took part in the first submersible dive, submersible dive to the bottom and he found plastic bottles. Yeah, that is quite depressing, to be honest. Sadly, we saw plastic bottles at the bottom. Well, maybe that's a good place to store all the plastic bottles then, isn't it? If you've got a massive fucking hole, might as well fill it up with rubbish. Yeah? Come on. Fuck all the sea turtles. Get them out. You know, get, clear them off. clear Move them on. Just, no, sorry. Move on. Send the bailiffs around. Move them on. And just fill it full of plastic bottles. Come on, get rid of them. And then we'll call the whole thing off. Sadly, we saw plastic bottles at the bottom of the hole. Just digging a hole. Uh, They were the real scourge of the ocean. The millionaire reflected in a blog post about the experience. The Virgin Boss was accompanied by ocean conservationist Fabian Quastro, uh, and together they descended 410 feet to the bottom inside a submersible. The journey was broadcast on the Discovery Channel. Lovely stuff. Uh, Richard Branson featuring his trademark, lion mane hair and goatee beard. Interestingly, about 300 feet down, they came across a wall of stalactites which had formed originally on dry land. Is it proof of how our oceans can rise quickly and catastrophically? Sea levels were once hundreds of feet lower, Branson uh, wrote. 10,000 years ago, the sea levels rose by about uh, 300 feet uh, because a lot of ice melted around the world. No, it's because of China. Um, At 300 feet down, you can see the change in the rock where there used to be land and it turned into sea. It was one of the starkest reminders of the dangers of climate change ever. So what, this, um, all right, so what was going on 10,000 years ago that caused the climate change? Eh? Hey, eh? Vegans? Eh? <laughs> uh, alongside plastic bottles, there was also remains of crabs and other creatures that had sunk to the bottom, run out of oxygen and died. Addressing the amount of plastic in our oceans has become a leading challenge as more and more reports are coming out about the scale of the problem. Uh, just get all those coked-up eels, yeah? If we could train all those bloody geared-up eels to go and collect the plastic, bring it in, and then, I don't know, we'd burn it in a big fire or something. This is a new Coffee and Memes conservation programme. We give eels drugs, train them to pick out plastic, and then we just burn it in a big fire. Or shoot it into space. Hmm. I mean, shooting stuff into space... Is that a bad idea? If we could just get some sort of enormous... Like, this is the sort of thing that, like, a teenager thinks up. On, whilst when You know teenagers when they smoke weed for the first time and their brains change? This is the sort of bullshit whack job idea they come up with. What about, like, a giant sort of tube and we just fire all our rubbish just straight up into space? Yeah, why not? Why not do that? Uh, I'm not really thinking about the logistical aspects of how this enormous sort of tube... Kind of, It's like a, a hoover set to blow, and it can hoover up all the stuff on landfills and just fire it into space. We'll fire it at Mars. Fire, we'll collect it all on the moon. Isn't this something that they do in Armour? Yeah, and then they get that huge thing of, of uh, waste and garbage that's heading towards them. They can smell it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right, look. To play us out, Is a new Malik's bit on um, Prototype's label. Which um, get hype? Uh, it's called Alien Forces. Nice bit of gear. Started digging a hole. Forces by Mallets. Put a little bit of gear. Thank you for listening today, everybody. It's Monday session. Monday service is now over. You'll have to go back to your lives. Go back to your work. Go back to your families. Go back to your kids. Go back to your village elders. Let's Explain to them what you've done. and <laughs> hope they take you back. Weapons. 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 Right, just leaves me time to shout out the VIP list. This is a list of fine fine human beings that are supporting the show on Patreon, allowing me to do this every day, allowing me to try and build Threshold into a bigger, badder beast with biceps as big as Bournemouth. If you want your name on this list read out at the end of every show, you can go to our Patreon page and support, which is $10 a month. You can support for a dollar a month, you can support for any amount you like, but if you're at $10 a month or above, you get your name on this list. Right out at the end of every show. The VIP list is Oliver Hooper, Nicholas Gonclaus, Tom Ryan, Reese Mosson, Squidgy Beats Hoss, Parsons, Polly Hutton, Kieran R., Michael Kaziski, Matthew Tompkins, Dave Long, Joel Potter, Cole Murphy, Sam Howard, Tony J., Richard Patterson, Jack Murphy, Tom Cam, Stephen Harris, Matthew Bullard, Zara Pickle, Jerome Ban, Thunderbart, Mike Pye, Anthony Walker, Lily Unsub, Richard Franks, Thomas Hall, Showed Rider, Andrew Heiselbeck, John Finison, The Booty Crew, Peter Blatchford, Austin Grief Cooper, Kennedy Lightfield, Ryan Glazer, James Parry, Dave Thompson, Hendo Bartendo, Lady Squiffington, and Liam the Menace. Underwood. Liam is still trying to weasel his way back into the Lobster Crew group. Will I let him back in? Who knows? Maybe he'll have to show some fake ID or a photocopied passport um, or blag that he's on the guest list. I run the Lobster Crew group very much like a bouncer would run a club. Uh, Steal people's drugs, sell them back to them. (laughs) You know, all the usual stuff. I know where the, the CCTV cameras don't cover. That's where I will dish out to dish out my cruel harsh vigilante justice it's harsh but it is fair so that's all right hey look if you want to support the show by buying a fine bit of threshold merch you can do these rather the beautiful church of the shoe thrower sweatshirts are now available on the uh merch store threshold.fm slash store there is a link on the uh, oh, on the YouTube uh, link, or if you're listening on the app, you can go to visit website, and that will take you to the Threshold website. And yeah, 30 notes shipped to anywhere in the world. You know, dominate your friendship circles with a bit of Threshold merch. There are T-shirts, there are T-shirts and sweatshirts is what we have so far. Run out of mugs. We'll get some more done. Uh, there are any other items of merch that people would be keen for, let me know. I'm all is. You know, I am, as I say, I am your manservant. I am your Batman. I am your, your private dancer. I am your, your escort girl. I am your rent boy. I am Will, and I'm here to do your bidding. Look, thank you for listening, everybody. I love you all very much. I will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, tomorrow evening as well. I'll have old uh, MCID is coming on. Chat about old Brighton drum and bass. Chat about what's going on in the world. Chat about MC culture. Chat about uh, maybe getting spits and bars. That'd be um, awkward and weird. Anyway, I love you all. I will see you tomorrow. Goodbye.